Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Con Hour. This is episode five. We looked at it earlier, and we are growing strong. Within one month, we've gotten 77 subscribers, so we're kicking it off great. And wanted to say today has been actually a rainy day, but started a garden a couple of weeks ago, so really needed to rain, especially down here in Houston. It's either humid, rainy, or hotter than hell. Uh, our guest co-host today is Amy, and she's all over the place with Author Talk and Sandy and Friends. She's everywhere. And then we have Katie Chonikis, who is an actress, poet, author, podcaster, and she really is all over the place, and that's the name of her podcast. But one of the things we do want to talk to her about is, is a little bit of the acting, which I know some of y'all will be into. And Katie, let's say, how did you get started into acting? Hi, uh, so nice to be here with you, Amy and GM. Thank you so much for having me. And for the viewer, hello, the listener. Thank you for um, being here with us. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to be here and uh, share. So um, I got involved in acting um, when I was really young. I um, had you know, a desire. Um, it was just a calling. Like I always knew I wanted to be involved in acting. I just, I loved making other people feel good. I loved entertaining people. I loved being like the class clown. I loved being the center of attention and just making people laugh and they have that giddy feeling. It was, I really just held on to it at a really young age. And um, I got involved in, in Michigan where I'm from. And I um, was doing like local promo modeling jobs. And then I landed some commercials. I got quote unquote, you need a speaking role to be SAG in the union, Screen Actors Guild, which is now SAG-AFTRA, um, or you need three Taft-Tartleys, which means you're on three union projects that are non-speaking. And I had two when I went to California. And then um, I knew one person, and all you need to know is one person. And that one person I really didn't even know well, he um, is from Michigan, from Cuba, but grew up in Michigan with his mom, Gordon Michaels, and he had a weekend seminar for acting and someone told me about it and I, I only could go for one day because the other day I was like booked on something and um, but he like pro I like negotiated as a kid and I like negotiated and prorated to be only able to like pay for one of the days and then the and then um, I went there and I met him and he's best friends with Dylan McDermott and Dylan McDermott's amazing actor and they went to the neighborhood playhouse together and um, when I was, you know, gearing up after traveling to Paris and Toronto and New York and L.A., and I decided where I was going to land, when I went to L.A., I just saying that one person, all you need to know is that just one person, I called Gordon Michaels. I'm like, hello, how are you? Um, within the first, you know, week of me being in California, he was, Dylan McDermott was working on The Practice at the time, the TV show The Practice. That was a long-standing running show. My mom and my aunt were like so into Dylan, right? I was like a kid. <laughs> they were like so into Dylan. But anyway, um, Gordon Michaels was his best friend and acting coach. And they're like, come on. And they put me on the set. And in one day, boom, I had my 
my third tap Hartley and I was like marching up to the union and I was so happy. I'm like, it was the first time I was so happy to pay $1,400 cash. I'm like, take it because I, it put me in the clout of Angelina Jolie. It put me in the same stature as Reese Witherspoon, people I admired growing up. I wanted to be, you could be union or non-union. I'm like, put me in the union because it gives you that certain like, you know, repertoire of where I was headed for the vision of my acting career. So that's kind of like how it all started happening. Um, but the very first time I was ever on TV was called Early Edition and um, it was in Chicago. And uh, I was I was a kid and it was called Early Edition and I was like, I had a featured role and like, I mean, seriously, I didn't even have a speaking role. I just had like a featured role and like my mom, my agent in Michigan and like we had like a full on party just to like see me doing this featured role like Pat like it, it was it was so wild but it was it, we like threw a whole party for it but that's that's kind of like how i started acting <laughs> oh wow yeah now you you've actually been in some with with a few big names would you like to tell us about any of that or any of the experiences your favorite experience sure sure um um i've had the grand pleasure to work with morgan freeman in bulgaria they were doing tax incentives and so a lot of sh films at the time we're being shot in Bulgaria, like now they're shot in Oklahoma and New Mexico and um, you know, different places. But um, yeah, Morgan Freeman was like pretty iconic and epic to work with. Um, I worked with De Niro and Pacino on Righteous Kill and that was like the first time they ever worked together since like the movie Heat or something. And it was, so for, to, to work with them and they were in this, I was in the same scene with them. It was, it was, it was really cool and really epic and you know, as an actor, it's not only about like talking, 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 but as humans, it's about listening and being a great listener. So like I had this like synergetic moment with um, Al Pacino when I was in the scene working with him and like it was off book and he, he was like, what? Like that. And like, <laughs> and like, did, I felt like he was like, like this seasoned actor, like throwing me a bone to see if I was like in it, like listening if I was gonna like react and respond or if I would have been like thrown off, but I was like in it. I was just like, what's up? Like, you know what I mean? It was really, really cool. Um, Gary Sinise was awesome to work with in CSI New York. Um, it was it was probably like my first like cherry, for, for my first cherry role. I actually played Juliet from Romeo and Juliet. It was a circus act and, and I was on set working with him for a while. We were like hours on hours, just, you know, back and forth with one another, long shot, medium close up all those things and he just like told me like one of the best compliments of my whole entire career he's just like he's like you're a very soulful actor that's what he told me nice uh, yeah very that's nice one of the biggest compliments i would say so yeah and I, I he's one of the people that i admire i'm i'm one that actually watches csi and cis so yeah he's one of the ones that i've admired for yeah. sure yeah, and then like he has like Lieutenant Dan in the band camp. Like you can like Google it. Like he he and he, he and his friends they do covers, and it's really big in California in the Valley. And so we went with like the whole cast, like the director and everyone, and and it's like a thing. They're all friends, and they go and watch him in this band that he created from you know from the classic Forrest Gump character film that he was in. Well, I know our time is 
going to be somewhat shorter than usual today because I know you have something. So I want to try to get as much covered as possible. Is there anything I know that you're also into voice acting? Is there anything you can tell us how you got into that or what sure. you might be in? It's yeah. Here's a story. I was um, I was living in Michigan and I got booked on um, uh, Larco's Pizza commercial. I was like the 14 year old daughter. Forget about it. And <laughs> and I was on set and it was a, it was a full house that they rented and it, it's like a, all this pizza, all this pizza. And I'm on set working and they heard my voice. And literally, it's back in the day when they sell at fax machines where they. Um, they like faxed, they're like, oh, we want to hire you for the voiceover role too. Like my very first job, I didn't even audition. It was just like meant to be. They just like faxed over the contract and I like sat at the kitchen table and they put a boom mic to me and I like did the the voiceover spot. That's how I did my first voiceover spot. Like living in Michigan, they, I was on set, they heard my voice because what happens is when they do commercials, they do the on-screen people and then they do the voiceover afterwards. Oh. Yeah. So which one, which one do you, and I mean, I know they're, they're probably both equal, but if you had to pick which one that you would, you know, not pick over the other, but kind of prefer, would it be acting like in person or doing voiceovers? Um, like which one, which one's more fun for you? I guess that's a simpler way of saying it. Which one is more fun for you? I, I think, I think, you know, like, <laughs> I think, putting different voices and characters on and you can just like literally be in a home studio anywhere in the world. And yeah. like what you do in one hour is what, like what you'd get paid for in like a whole week <laughs> or like a whole day. So it's like, like, like sometimes when you're doing a, a series, you can shoot like three or four episodes in one session, you know, which is, which is great. So I think, I think like where I am in my life right now, energetically and for time, I think, um, you know, like, obviously I want to be on a TV series and, and working on films, but if you're saying, oh, pick one or the other, I mean, obviously I would uh, definitely do the voiceover. Yeah. yeah. That, I'm glad you picked that one. Cause that's the one I would pick. And I was like, well, I wonder if maybe I just think wrong, but like, that, uh -oh, you're not thinking it, wrong. Just, it just seems the most fun. Cause I feel like, I mean, I know when you act in person, you get to be different people, but with the voiceovers, I feel like you really get to like, you're bringing that character to life in a whole different way. Yeah. And so for me, I've never done it, but for me, that just seems so much fun. Like I would just, I would love to do it. It'd be so much fun. Yeah. And, you're, and you get to try new things because no one's seeing you. They're just hearing you. So you maybe would try something you normally wouldn't do in front of people, but also being females, like I, God willing, if it's meant to be, hopefully one day I'll, you know, if it's meant to be, I'll have children and raise a, raise a family. But like, to be at home with your child, you know what I mean? Like, or uh -huh. being raising it and like starting a family or something, obviously doing voiceovers um, is more efficient with, with timing, you know, yeah. not, not being away from your child to be on set for 14 hours and then be exhausted. Yeah. So speaking of like timing and everything like that, I know that you have a poetry book coming out. So where in between your acting and your voiceover acting, where did you find the time to do and you know create your poetry book. Well, what happened was um, I actually um, I wrote my first piece when I was twelve. It was called The Oddball, and um, and I, I uh, when I was really young, when I was really young, I felt like this like bird in a cage, and I just wanted to expand my wings and fly and just travel the world and see the world. And I did, untainted, 
untainted just by so it's it's called a lover's fairy tale and it's not just a lover's fairy tale of like a, a relationship of like a between a partner and between people it's the love of nature and the land that's been preserved and that's the waterfalls and the food and the culture and the, the things that are that have been gifted to us as human beings so um i selected when i was just deeply reflecting um i i decided to release 11 pieces from that i wrote between 2004 and 2012 and so I love traveling, but because of the pandemic, I'm not traveling like I normally do. Like, oh, where do I want to go? And then like Maldives and go there, right? Or Bali. So mm -hmm. I'm like, I, so then I reflect and I was like, what is one, what is something I've always wanted to do that I haven't done yet? And that was 11, 11 was my birthday. So I was like, you know what? Since I was 12, I always wanted to be a published author and like have like poetry books. I'm like, you know what? By I'm, like, I'm going to give myself a hard stop. By the time the spring comes, which was March 21st, it was World Poetry Day, and today's the last day of National Poetry Month. Mm -hmm. So I told myself, I'm gonna release, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my, I love making um, commitments with myself and like challenging an interpersonal connection with my own self. Uh -huh. Maybe it comes from my cross country running background, but I decided I'm gonna, I'm gonna release a, a poetry book, um, you know, before the spring comes. And then I was, so then I started taking action in December. I started putting together in January and then boom. And then like um, March 21st, World Poetry Day, I released 11 pieces. It's on Amazon. You can go to aloversfairytale.com. You can go to the bottom and put in your name and your email and I will gift you a, a playlist of um, spoken word music videos that I actually produced and created um, from the poetry pieces. And during the time of those pieces, I shot with a legendary photographer named Robert Sturman. And he's an amazing photographer, Robert Sturman Studio, if you want to check him out, Robert Sturman on Instagram. And these pieces that we did together from a Polaroid, by Polaroid, that they discontinued in 2001. So when he, he had to go and when he found out they were discontinuing the original Polaroid, he had to go buy as many as possible and put them in the freezer so they would preserve. So the pieces we did between 2004 and 2012 are from Polaroids that were discontinued from the original Polaroid, but it picks up the essence and the vibes of where I was in my life coupled mm -hmm. with the pieces. So there's 14 artworks that look like paintings in their photos that I did with Robert Sturman, and they oh. go with 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 the pieces. Wow. Well, to go with that, we do have a about a three minute clip of Panda, a lover's fairy tale that we'd like to show everybody. And I know it's going to get loud for us with the hear headphones in, so we'll be back in three minutes after this one. Coming up, who's true? You'll never know. Who's? You'll know what's going on. Know what's going on. 
what she does best. The way find what she gets best. Want it, hold find it, get it. Don't want it, forget hold it. it. Don't the forget real it. purpose. Yeah, the real what's purpose. going on? Yeah, what's an going on? A dissipation, a frustration of what you want. Creating so much, making it my own. To give, to love is all I know. Focus, focus, focus. focus. Know what is know really what is really important and what, what to do. To do. Who, who to, use. to use? Who to who help? To who help. to love? What who to, to love. do? What not to abuse? Do. Leave? Not abuse? Never come back? Leave. Never Hold come on. back? Hold You're on. not on the right You're track. Not on the right Take a step back. Take Let a step play. back. Let, Let it play. play. Let, Let it out. Let it out. Let For a heart that we touch. For a heart that we both know is yours. Welcome back. Now, is that something, a sample that they can get with they order the book? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a written and the visual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I, I've listened to that at several times, and it's like just hearing the poetry with the music, just so yeah. it's actually uplifting a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm just seeing the vulnerability that's happening in my face because I just mm. know the deep pain under it. Like, it, there's just so much joy and so much beauty, but underneath it all, there's just so much like stuff that, you know, we as humans don't talk about. So that's what I hope to do just to inspire people when they're reading the words, you know, and putting their own meaning to it. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Ronnie beat, Ronnie beat, Ronnie Beck did the beats and it's very tribal. You know, we're very primal beings and we get so in our, wrapped up in our head with our 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day. And 90% of those thoughts are negative, according to Dr. Joe Dispenza, the neuroscientist. But, you know, if you just get out of our own way and out of our own thoughts and we just were more in our heart center, like, you know, the, that's where those pieces come from. Now, one thing I do have to ask, I mean, we're in here with books. Have you ever considered doing voiceovers for books like ACX Audiobooks? or Amazon? Yes. Yeah, I'm on ACX. I just never check the account. 
and I'm I'm not really I could do children's books, but um, I just don't have the patience for it. I think in life there's two things we all get to practice: gratitude and um, patience. And I love doing my gratitudes, but I definitely need to work on diligently my patience. <laughs> so vo voiceovers are fun because like the video games, animation, the commercials, because they're like you know you do them and you're done. Audiobooks, like I don't have time. I, I just don't have the patience. Like a lot of times when you're doing audiobooks, a lot of times like the talent, they're editing it as well. And I'm a great audio and editor, but I'm just, it's like straining on the eyes. I just, it's not fun for me. I want to do things that are fun that take not so much of my time. I, I offload things with my podcast. I have an editor who does the audio. I have an editor who does the intro and outro. I have an editor who does the video. Like I just like to talk and like they, they do all that other stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like to do the fun stuff. So so yeah, like I would do um, like an audio book for children. And I think with my voice, I would be more suited for that as well. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. I yeah. I could see that. Yeah, like fun, like animated. I could see it for like audio books. And I mean, I, I relate with you and I like doing fun stuff, but at least you know when to delegate things like you were talking about on your, on your podcast. So I wanna kind of jump into the podcast if that's okay with you, Greg. And oh, yeah. I want to kind of see, and then you have so much going on. You are literally everywhere. So where do you find the time to, you know, do a podcast and just be as successful as it as you are? I mean, you're a super successful, you get your hustle on and you're not, no one can tell you no, cause you're going to do it. And I love that. I am envious. I totally appreciate that about you. And the patience girl, when you have kids, it comes. Okay. Trust me. I'm not a patient person. I have two kids under two. 13 Congratulations. Months. What a blessing. <laughs> yeah. So I, I get you. So I totally understand. But where do you find the time to do that? I mean, I would love, you know, give us some more information on your podcast, what the inspiration was behind them starting it and kind of, you know, let's, let's dive into that. Cause I'm, I'm super excited about that. Sure. I mean, this has like a three parts to it that that's going in my mind immediately, but so first and foremost, I wanted to start a podcast over six years ago. I mean, imagine if I would have started over six years ago, but I didn't know how to go down the train tracks. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, I took a stand-up comedy class. Um, um, the, where, when you see my podcast launch, October 29th, 2019, that's when I was in this stand-up class. And a woman in there um, is Olda Trachtenberg. She's from Russia. She lived in Michigan for a while. She has the Innovative Mindset podcast. She's a genius, self-published, six books, like powerhouse woman, amazing, kind, generous, very giving. And I didn't know how to get on the train tracks. She literally, during the pouring rain, we met, we were in a little cafe and she just like set me up and I'm like, okay. And I'm like, let's do it. Let's just publish the first one. And then I started publishing them. The first season I did 22 episodes. The second season I did 22 episodes. Now that I have, you know, like all these episodes out, I'm like, I'm in season three right now. And I'm like, I'm going to um, take it back since I have a great platform out there, like a strong base. I'm going to take it back and just do like 13 episodes, like a TV show. Uh -huh. However, the show, like just in two weeks, we had 3,000 downloads. Like season three just started and we had 3,000 downloads in two weeks. So like my team, my assistants are like, oh no, like are you, 13 episodes, like you should just actually keep going. And so we were like talking about it because my season th three, all the way through June, all the videos, all the flyers, 
all the posts, everything scheduled. Because I like to be like super organized because learning from season one and two, I decided yeah. this season I'm doing half the load because 22 episodes is like a half a year. It's like a lot. So I'm like this, this season I'm doing half the load and I'm going to prepare everything in advance and it's going to have a theme, which is poetry and honoring NFT artists, right? Um, and that whole space. Well, now that the show is like totally, like I said, growing, I'm pivoting and I'm, I've decided, okay, well, yeah, I want to keep it going. So what I'm going to do is I'm doing, I have the 13 episodes, like I said, that are in the can. Uh -huh. What I'm going to do is move, moving forward, I'm going to batch. So I'm going to do two or three in one day. I'm going to batch them. I'm not going to do video. I'm going to do audio only. So it takes off the pressure of having to do the, the video and my, like making sure all that's done, like mm -hmm. just to take off that extra weight. So half the season isn't going to have video. Like I'm going to, we're going to have video to see. I guess I could record it to have it if I ever want to, but I'm not putting, I'm letting myself off the hook to like be able to go all the way without, without over committing myself because I have these other things going on. So, so that's kind of like what I'm doing for season three. And then what happened was, during season two, Isolde, I was talking with her, actually, I think before my season two started, she's the one that gave me the mindset, make it in season so you know when to start and stop and give yourself a timeout. So then I just went back and I um, scheduled everything differently. And so I made it seasons one, two, and now three. And I, but I release on Tuesdays. So I don't miss a week because, you know, when your listener and the viewer, when they rely on you, they, they, they're want, we need to show up for these people. It's a responsibility. Right. right. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so um, that's kind of like the vibe with that. But the reason why I wanted to do it from the beginning was I remember when I was 12, mm -hmm. I always wished I had that secret someone to tell me something that I didn't know. Like, and I remembered, I'm like, you know, when I get to a certain, I'm going to give people opportunities because I wanted people to give me opportunities. And I had, I know what I had to do to get opportunities. So I've produced, I've made five people non-union. I've made them be able to get in the union. I've produced TV shows, films. Um, I take people, they don't have to have a million dollars or a million followers. I take people who I just think are very talented, who I connect with, who have a strong message. And I want want to honor them, hold space for them, have them be on the show. And that makes me happy honoring other people. And I feel like that's how, that's my mission on this, on this planet. Like my birthday's 11, 11. I think we're all God's angels. I know I'm a, like a star seed, empath, intuitive, um, empathetic person. And for me, like Gary Sinise says, I'm a very soulful actor for me to connect with people even if it's for one minute, five minutes, or five years, I want it to be for eternity. I want that energetic exchange to be forever, you know? So that 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 means a lot to me, connecting on a soul level with other humans. A lasting impression. Yeah. 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 Now, one thing that I normally ask people at the beginning, but I never got around to it. How did the pandemic affect you with all the podcasting, the acting and the. Wow. I'm so happy you asked this question. Seriously. <laughs> like I was just telling my mom the other day. So what happened when the pandemic happened? 
this is what happened. I was a couple of things. I wasn't in, I wasn't aligned and in tuned with my purpose. Like I was distracted and there was a lot of pull. Like I was just psychologically distracted by other circumstances. When the pandemic happened, I was able to pivot and I double tripled down and I went back to being a teenager and I literally to not be in my head and worry about everything that was going on. I got, I started recording my podcast. I was just recording nonstop. I got so busy with acting and so busy into my craft that I, that's what I did. I just, I just became a workaholic since over March was a year. I've just been so focused. I've actually been able to grow in so many different areas of my life and my career because of the pandemic. Like literally I've been to a Rite Aid maybe twice. I've been to a public mm. restaurant maybe once. Like I haven't seen anyone. I, I haven't seen anyone. I've just, I've been able to just, I needed, I was from being all over the place. I needed just to be in one place. In so many years, people were saying, slow down, slow down, get still. I'm like, what are you talking about? Get grounded. What are you talking about? Get still. I was reading all the books. I was listening to all the audios, Caroline Mice, the mystic intuitive, Esther Hicks, Abraham Hicks, her guided meditations on YouTube, Marianne, Marianne Williamson, her audio book, A Return to Love, amazing. Studying neuroscientists like Dr. Joe Dispenza, uh, the neuroscientist, uh, Dr. Greg Braden, like, like getting all this information and listening to all these audiobooks and absorbing all of it, and, but then just taking massive action. And I was realizing like all of my good energy would be used helping other people with their brands and their businesses. And when I got home to do my voiceovers at the end of the day or to do something for my acting career or do something for me again, I felt like all my good energy was used up and I was getting the, like the, the last, the, the last remnants of it. So I found all of my amazing energy. I got back because of the pandemic, because I was able to focus on myself and dismantle the grids and the things that weren't working. And it was, I just, I was able to dismantle my ego and kind of just dismantle like, Oh, I'm not invited here. I'm invited here. I have to go here. I have to buy this. I have to keep up with all these things. And it was just it's almost relieving just to like get all those things off of me that weren't serving me and to kind of like really connect and align with what I really wanted to, you know, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you made it a positive thing, which I think is, is good. I had to, I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, I read, I definitely read an article recently about Na Napoleon Hill. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but I won't go there right now, but, but I did read a book, um, success through a positive mental attitude. And when I was 17 and it's like stuff I already knew and I've read the book again, but it's like a reiteration of success through a positive mental attitude. So mm -hmm. like, like, um, all this stuff happens, but then always rising to the occasion, no matter what happens and just always rising, no matter what, like no anything, like the worst thing possible, but then always rising for success with a positive mental attitude. So, and I really think, you know, my dad turned me on to cross country running. He was a cross country runner. And so he, I learned at a very young age about building a internal foundation about short term, medium term and long term goals. So it gifted me the foresight to see, you know, the, the, the end, the end of the road, you know, not just like what's in front of your face, but get through this short term thing, get through these daily things, get to a medium spot, you know, for the, for the end goal, right. For a bigger purpose that is outside of me and running cross country. 
I learned what you do as an individual affects the whole. So applying that principle to life, what we do as individuals, it's a ripple effect of how what happens on, on the planet, you know? No, definitely. Now, I do know that you have two shows that you came up with on YouTube for the Screen Actors Guild. Yes. Do you want to talk about those real quick before you? Yes. I know you do have to head out because we talked before coming on. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, um, yeah, well, it, through the union, I, I produced some short films and, and, um, you know, some web series that's when they did the new media contract. And, and so I, I was taking, you know, uh, my career into my own hands to, to produce, direct, create content. But then when the pandemic happened and with the administrative stuff and everyone, you know, lower staff, not being employed, not having to jump hoops through the paperwork, there's a, there's a glitch. So it's like, a, it's like, um, I don't know if it's a glitch. It's like a, it's like Ashton Kutcher. So I called the union. How can Ashton Kutcher be a SAG actor working on SAG projects, but he's doing reality because he's being Ashton Kutcher, his personality to make his personality popular to then be booked as a union actor. So I can do improv comedy. I can do I can create things without going through the union as long as I'm not playing Stella or another character's name, if I'm just being my name, right? Mm -hmm. so, so through the pandemic, I, we pivoted uh, Nikki Scorpio, my uh, music partner and um, co-creator of our brand uh, production company. We do productions and uh, music, The Sophisticated Psychos. So you can go to The Sophisticated Psychos on YouTube. We're on all music streaming platforms. I'll tell you about the music in a minute. But we, we pivoted during the lockdown and did couples therapy with our friend who's also a voiceover actor. So we're, we're all utilizing our voices, comedy and improv. And we did an eight-part web series, season one. It's on YouTube. You can It's in a playlist. Season two just launched. Last week, um, Couples Therapy Season 2 uh, for the next eight weeks. And we already shot Couples Therapy Season 3, which is so you can see it as well. Um, and then also we did um, Hashtag Selfie as a short film. And it won a couple uh, awards um, at some film festivals. Um, the Femme Fatale Film Festival, where they honored me as a, a female director. And then the Illy Wilds Film Festival, we got uh, an award there. And then there's no, it's called no cello, like Coachella, but there's no, there's no Coachella. This it's people who don't go to Coachella say no cello, but we like went to Coachella and it's all about like girls weekend, no boys allowed, get rid of, our, get rid of our parents, get away from them. But since there's no Coachella, I decided let's break it up into six, uh, a six part series, release it in March through Coachella. So our, our last episode, the six part series will air next week because Coachella would be happening right now. So we, we release a six part series about Coachella with the oxymoron of there not being a Coachella. You know what I mean? So that was, that was fun to do. Um, and Nikki Scorpio, the sophisticated psychos, um, he you know did the music for all of our projects. He edited all of Couples Therapy. I produced it, uh, uh, gave the vision for the, the direction of it. Yeah. 
And then um, the music we're making, um, so he's at yonickyscorpio.com, mine's chinakis.com, and then we're like YouTube, The Sophisticated Psychos. But we actually work with um, quantum physics. We work with scientists, and we put healing frequencies in our music. And actually, um, we put quantum physics, all of my podcast is encoded with healing frequencies as well. So um, I released my first solo EP, Growing up outside of Detroit, Michigan, I grew up going to a lot of like electronic EDM, electronic dance music, listening to DJs, all the best DJs from like around the world. When I was a kid, they would just like come like literally to my hometown. And um, and so I love making beats and I released a solo EP with and I chose 639 healing frequencies because as me of where I was during the pandemic, I just felt like on my soul level and my vessel that I needed to forgive myself. I needed to forgive the people around me. And I felt like on a planetary level, we all needed to like do a lot more forgiving of one another because of the state of our world. And um, so that EP is called Hypnotic Energy and it's on all the music streaming platforms and the videos are on the YouTube of uh, the Sophisticated Psychos. And then my next EP is called Full House, and it's a house EP. And this time I selected 396 healing frequencies, which removes guilt and fear. Because for the last four to five months now, I've been removing a lot of fear and a lot of guilt from myself. So hopefully that's a mirror reflection for others if they vibe and align to the music that they can also remove um, fear and guilt. And we partnered up with Subtle Energy um subtle it's subtle.energy.com is their website so eric thompson's the scientist over there very nice yeah yeah i hope you can check it out and listen to it oh definitely because i actually was just looking for music earlier today for like well what kind of music would be good for this show <laughs> oh really oh we can provide you with music no problem Oh wow! As a gift, uh, we'll, we'll, we make we make so much music. We can we can gift you music. You tell us the vibe or whatever, and we we can give you like a playlist of music that you can just have as a gift. Oh well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, Amy, are you ready for the oh giveaway? Oh yeah, hold on, let me get oh, it. Yeah. Oh, one second here, real quick. Okay, for all those on the. Facebook page. We had a monthly or half a month giveaway for the coffee cups that are out with the logo. Cool. And yes, they are in. <laughs> you can see them. Congratulations. Ah, thank you. Yeah. Hold on, Greg, because somehow I have so many tabs open, I have to find it. <laughs> oh, we have um, we have merch too. That would have been good, Greg. Where to put me on the spot? I know. <laughs> Well, that's where improv comes in. I can just like distract for a minute. Yeah, there um, you go. To distract. That would yeah. be great. When you go to a lover's fairy tale, a lover's we have merch there. We have coffee mugs and merch from um from the book. So oh. definitely pick up some coffee mugs, some merch there. I like it. All right, I got it. Need Greg to share my screen. As soon as I see it here. You don't see it. No, I don't. That's okay. I haven't selected for you to see it yet. That's why. Well, that, there we go. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Okay. Let me separate it out. All right. Can you, do you see it now? There we go. Yep. All right. You ready? Oh, wow. We're right. ready. Those are all the people on? 
And his giveaway. For the monthly giveaway. Cool. Look, Lydia won. Hey, Lydia, you got the custom stuff. I love it. Oh, there we go. I love that monthly giveaway. I want to do that. I love that. <laughs> That's a good idea. The will of names is like, I don't know. I'm super nerdy, but I love the will of names because it celebrates at the end with you and it claps and like, woohoo, confetti comes out. Yeah, yeah. Be happy. Little yeah. things, little things in life. Well, definitely before we go, any words of wisdom for anybody that you want to give? Yeah, I mean, there's so much um, I could share, but um, I think, I guess, um, one of the most important things is just to be true to yourself, you know, and allow yourself to go on a discovery of the unknown and, um, you know, um, always return to uh, yourself. And even though when you're getting lost in the labyrinth of life and you're going on an exploration, um, you know, if it feels good, then then flow with it. Like Abraham Hicks talks about like there's upstream and then there's like this. You're either flowing or it's like you're not. So just kind of like stick to that of like if you're actually flowing or if like if it's in flow or if it's like, you know, it's like you're going against the current, then you're not in flow. It's just it's very simple. It's just it's very this or this, right? We get confused with all the other thoughts going on, but it's actually just it's this and then that. It's very simple. So um yeah i don't know hopefully that supports some uh, definitely well yeah. our big announcement is on saturday may 8th we are going to be live at dagacom with special guest jamie bb so if those are interested of watching a podcast from behind the scenes the curtain's going to be down so she can see the crowd and y'all can see her so i look very forward to having that one uh, other than yeah. that, I definitely think that we are done here, and we wish everybody a very good weekend. I will be on tomorrow morning with Dan Christoffers, a game designer who loves to design games, and we'll be talking about that tomorrow morning at 10, 10 a.m. Y'all have a good day, everybody. Bye. Thank you so 